0: it's time time for silver and black today to the ground game touchdown las vegas we're breaking down the latest raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers so hold on raider nation it's time to get, get it, it on. on here's your host scott goldbranson and mo moton
1: welcome back silver and black today an odyssey original podcast talking nothing But Las Vegas Raiders, thanks for being back with us. Also, a hearty hello to our radio audience in Las Vegas, Nevada, home of the Las Vegas Raiders. If you're listening to us on 98.5 The Fan or 11.40 The Bet, thanks for checking in. Raider Nation, we certainly appreciate it. Make sure you also subscribe to the podcast because we do it all during the week as well. We'd appreciate you coming along for the ride there as well. Uh, speaking of, as I go on this ride, I never do it alone. It's always with my partner, my good friend, the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. That is Mr. Mo Moton. You can follow him on Twitter at m o e m o t o n not only on the Raiders but anything else NFL he's got you covered Mo here we are back again we took a day pause uh show yesterday show today after uh, obviously uh the 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 just horrific incident here in Cincinnati uh and it's just crazy because this game we talk about it every week uh you write about it every day And sometimes life just slaps you in the face and you see the humanity involved here. And it's, it's just good to see, I think some unity. I've seen the whole country kind of get behind uh, this whole situation and, and make sure that, Hey, let's, let's, let's put aside divisions for a minute and pray for this young man. Uh, Really, really heartfelt and and nice to see from the NFL community.
2: Right. And I think the NFL has done the right thing where they haven't decided what's going to happen with that game yet. I believe Troy Vincent said that because they've been so concerned with, Hamlin's condition, DeMar yeah. Hamlin's condition. Uh, and that obviously comes first before any result or any playoff implications. That's obviously all secondary. But I was pleased to see the Cincinnati fans. And I know you're in Cincinnati. Yep. And it was cool to see how they reacted and how they responded to all of this. Some fans even showed up at the hospital, fans donating to DeMar Hamlin's toy drive. So many acts of kindness. And it, it was just pleasing to see.
1: Yeah, that that toy drive with had a goal of twenty five hundred dollars for the holidays is now up over four million dollars. And I know yep. once DeMar uh, is up and Adam and healthy, which it sounds like the latest report we had on Wednesday was that uh, they've turned him over on his stomach. So there's improvement there. Uh, he's got a long way to go, clearly, uh, after in what appears now to have been two Bits of cardiac arrest. So in essence, yep. two of those things. It's just incredible that he's still alive. And and yes, the people of Cincinnati, the whole community. Actually, all I, I sent you and Evan. Of course, Evan Grote from Just Pot Baby lives up in Buffalo. His wife is a Bills fan, and I've been yeah. sending them pictures because uh, the whole city here in in Cincinnati is uh, any lights are blue and red for for Demar. And so uh, it's been very good, and and everybody feels very close. And of course, Bills Mafia overall, Bills fans very good people. I've never had a bad interaction with them. And so I think the camaraderie, it also goes back to, if you remember Andy Dalton, when he was on the Cincinnati Bengals uh, at the last game of the season, uh, hit a pass to uh, win the game and put the bills into the playoffs. If you recall, it hadn't been there in 20 years or whatever it was. I can't remember the number now. So um, the, the, the bills and Bengals fans kind of have a close camaraderie and that got closer uh, with this incident here. And by the way, Huge shout out to the the folks at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center and all the first responders on the field, Mo. I mean, you know, we we see these people every day in our lives, and I don't think we appreciate them enough until we have a disaster or something crazy like this, but those folks made sure that he got in the best hands as quickly as possible, and that's why he's alive today.
2: Right. I believe it was his uncle was on CNN being interviewed, and basically, I think you alluded to it, that he he needed to... Basically, he said he died twice. Yeah, Once on the field, they had to uh, administer CPR. And then when he got to the hospital, again, uh, his heart gave out. So as you said, shout out to the people who were first responders and taking care of DeMar Hamlin in time of need.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to jump into Raiders football now, as we always do. And a couple of things, Mo, we want to hit here in this first segment. One was an article that came out yesterday from our friend Vinny Bonsignor over at the Las Vegas Review-Journal that has to deal with Derek Carr. Uh, We're going to talk about that bombshell that he dropped there. And then on the tail end of this segment, we'll talk about also something we talked about yesterday which was the David Carr uh, comments. Now, the time we recorded that show, since we delayed it a day, um, it had been dated a little bit. He still hasn't gone on the, the the Carr family podcast thing yet, but he did talk about his brother's situation on the NFL Network, we're going to get to that on the second half of this segment. But first, I want to start with this, this bombshell, Mo, and I'm going to bring it up here on the screen for everybody to see, uh, and that was from Vinny's piece where he talked about If you go back to the headline, I think it's something to the effect of Raiders top priority signed Tom Brady to replace Derek Carr. That was the headline. So, you know, a headline like that, people are going to start reading. But as you get into the story here, and I'm showing it on the screen, if you're watching us on YouTube, and I will read it for those uh, listeners who are listening to the audio. And under the quarterback uh, situation, it says, quote, the Raiders concluded Carr was not a long-term fit within weeks of the start of the season. Benching him eliminated a risk of $40 million injury, guaranteeing kicking in had he gotten hurt the final two games of the season. Then the next paragraph says, quote, the Raiders were determined not to be handcuffed to a quarterback they no longer believed in and one that represented a major drag on their 2023 salary cap. That's from Vinny Bonsignor in the Las Vegas Journal. And, Mo, let's, let's jump in a couple layers here. Number one. And, and and you sent me this story. I I, I was running around on uh, uh, at the office, and I didn't see it until you sent it to me on Wednesday. And then as I read it, um, I was like, wow. And, of course, the question started popping in my head. And so okay. in this first paragraph, we hear that they understood within a couple of weeks of the season that he was not the long-term answer in Las Vegas in the silver and black. And my question, Mo, is if that's the case, if if Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler— knew within two or three weeks, I, I don't know what a few weeks means, but we're going to say two or three weeks, let's say four, that Derek Carr was not their answer, that they, they wanted to move away from Derek Carr at the end of the season. Why was a change not made earlier? Uh, I don't, Especially with the start the Raiders. I have so many questions on this, but I want to get your reaction first to that explosive fact there in the paragraph in Vinny's story, <laughs> and then maybe you can answer my question.
2: I was I was taken aback because from what we heard before Joshua Dingas took the head coaching job, he wanted Derek Carr when he was in New England. Mm-hmm. So he had an affinity for Derek Carr. I think even David Carr went on the NFL network and, and pointed this out. So for them to fall out of, out of love or out of like with him within weeks, I you now Vinny didn't say Vinny Boncino of the Las Vegas Review Journal didn't say exactly when. But I, I would guess it would have to be maybe. The Chiefs game and the just you know gave up that mm-hmm. lead and lost that game maybe it was maybe it was further into the season because he remember Vinny didn't say exactly when maybe it was the Saints game that confirmed it yeah. for them yeah. when they got when they didn't get across the 50 yard line with Carr but to answer your question I think the reason you keep Derek Carr even though you lose faith in him is you don't want the team to go in the tank mm-hmm. because basically when you if you trade Derek Carr in the midst of the season in the first half of the season you're telling your guys we're punting on the quarterback. And we're basically starting over at the position. They're going to be a lot of changes. And I think you want to keep that competitiveness because remember the Raiders were in the playoff picture up until they lost that Rams game. They, they had a right. chance. You remember I was putting the tweet out every week that mathematically could be 10 and seven to make the playoffs. So they were right. in the, in the mix up until late in the season. So you don't want to throw, I don't want to say throw in a towel, but you don't want to make a major change when you still have a chance to turn things around, and they went on a bit of a streak. So it's mm-hmm. in a sense, it's good that they didn't pull the plug in the middle of the season because, again, you don't want guys to go in the tank and, and say, okay, throw our hands up, the season's over, we're trading our starting quarterback. So I, yeah. I kind of understand why they didn't make the move when they fell out of life with Carr at the moment.
1: Well, and how much of that, too, it, it had to do with the position they find themselves in? If they knew within a few weeks, Mo, let's just make some assumptions here. Of course, I'm making assumptions. This is not based on any reality or information we have. But if they had this inclination that, you know, we're going to move on from him, they knew the out in in his contract meant that either they were going to walk away from him and eat five million dollars or they were going to start to uh, try to trade him. And so so my question to you while you fix your light, if you're watching this on YouTube, Mo, Mo's light bulb went out. Um, but we if you if you're the Raiders and you're thinking about trading Derek Carr. Um, you might as well let him play a little bit. Like, as long as you feel like he's not hurting you so bad that you don't have a chance to win games. And clearly, I don't think Derek Carr was ever in the position or performed so poorly that you would yank him in the middle of the game. Has there been times, Sure, but not really consistently. So if that's the case, I totally understand. Look, Let's keep him in there. Let's give him an opportunity. He is a veteran, and your point about the locker room is a great one. I didn't think about it, to be frank with you, the fact that he's able to uh, uh, keep that locker room together because those guys, you know, when you when you make a switch like that, that ch- changes the whole trajectory of your season. Uh, but the trade value might that have something to do with it too.
2: I would say, of course, the trade value has something to do with it, but mm-hmm. a- again, you don't want to. You don't want to tip your hand and not tip your hand but you don't want to give the inclination that you're giving up on the season before you're i don't want to say mathematically eliminated but before you give your guys a chance to turn around you remember you had the adams right i know Hunter renfro had been hurt darren wall at the time we didn't know that he was going to be out for an extended period remember he played a little bit in that cheese game and went out so again we don't know at what point the raiders felt like their car wasn't the guy so until we get that information we don't we can't really piece that together but again in the first half of the season, if you trade your starting quarterback, there's going to be a ripple effect in the locker room. And I don't think right. they wanted to, to have that ripple effect that early in the season whenever they decided they wanted to move on from Derek Carr.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting, too, that that how did – man, I'll tell you what. Maybe it's the, it's the holdover from New England. But the fact that no media got word of that tells you that they kept mm-hmm. it very small. And, and we heard in some of the reporting over the last week since this change was made, Mo, that Mark Davis was OK with it. Uh, I, I wonder, too. And again, this is just me wondering. I wonder if that is in case that or should they, indeed the case. Then Mark Davis was already there, but he was waiting for his football people to make their own determination, which which some people I he talked to continue to deny that Mark Davis feel that way, felt that way. But if you're a Raiders fan, with all the, the criticism Mark Davis is getting right now, too, um, that makes me feel better. Because over the years, Mark Davis has been maybe too involved in the football. And now he brought in these two new guys, his coach and his GM. And if this is all true and, and accurate, then he's letting his football guys make the decisions. And that's a good thing, isn't it?
2: Right. But I also want to bring up something. Do you remember... The WNBA playoffs were going on the Aces win the championship yes. and Mark Davis was tending to those WNBA matters and supporting that franchise. Yep. Remember when he came back and he, and and Vic I think it was Vic Tafer wrote it in the athletic that now his full focus is, is back on the Raiders and they were like two and five. Yeah, I think at that I think that now I know Vinny alludes to maybe the decision was made early in the season. But I think mm-hmm. at that moment when Mark Davis had that closed door meeting with Josh McDaniels and probably Dave Ziegler. I think at that point, it was discussed that, look, barring a turnaround, we're going to move on from Derek Carr. Yeah. And the discussion was, OK, do we move on now or do we move on in the offseason? It was probably like, well, we could still turn it around. So we'll give Carr a chance to prove us wrong and to play his way back into our plans. Yeah. But if, <clears throat> if, if this doesn't change and we have a sub 500 season, we're moving on. I'm not in the room now. This is not a report. I'm no. not saying that I knew you, this for a fact. you <laughs> but if I were to just apply common sense to the situation yeah. based on Vinny Bonteo's report, I would assume that that was a conversation that was had with Mark Davis.
1: Yeah. And, and also the timing, uh, even though, and I'm answering my own question, I guess, in some ways, but the timing. So you see the Raiders get to Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. They're still mathematically alive. It's in the what low thirties or high 20 percentage, but still they, the things, the way things were lining up, if they had beaten Pittsburgh, and, and then then suddenly when they have that 49er game, there's there's bigger implications there. And and you don't know what happened. You, you don't know what happened. So so to me, I can see them waiting till that point, using your logic from earlier when you answered this question, which is, hey, we're not mathematically eliminated. But then you lose to the Steelers. And not only that, but Derek Carr just looks terrible in that game. Um, and especially, I mean, the last throw he had as a Raider probably was just brutal. And so, so it makes it easier for you to then say, Hey, you know, we got two games left. We're not going to make the playoffs technically. Uh, so let's see what this kid's got. And it gives Derek Carr the opportunity to get the, the bandaid ripped off. He can deal with his time. They let him walk away from the team for a couple weeks. Uh, so that by the time they regroup with him after the season's over, maybe, I mean, the feelings will still be raw but maybe just maybe they can come to some agreement so that he can get moved
2: right so as you just as you just pointed out if the rate let's keep in mind the afc the 17 the afc is not locked up yet the dolphins no, have nose they've lost several games in a row so had the raiders beat the steelers and beat the and upset the 49ers which was plausible if you watch that game they'd be eight and eight right now with a chance to get in with obviously they would need some not even need some help because they would be ahead of the Patriots who have the number seven C right now because they beat the Patriots head to head. So Derek Carr had a chance to kind of make his case to extend his career with the Raiders. Had he played well against the Steelers because mm-hmm. then he, they wouldn't have benched him. They probably wouldn't have benched him against the 49ers because they probably said, well, we're still in playoff contention. Derek Carr played well in cold weather against the Steelers. We still have a chance. So Correct. yeah, I, I support what, how they handle the situation, now there are going to be discussions we're probably going to get into this today about how they handle yeah. it once they benched him i have thoughts about that and especially with with Derek carr said darren uh david carr said mm-hmm. uh there was so there was something that he said that i want to point out but i I'll let you close it out because there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to talk about
1: there. Well, and and we'll, we'll we in that same story too, there was some stuff about Devonte Adams. A lot of fans are worried Devonte Adams will walk away. And in essence, uh, just to paraphrase real quickly, Vinny said that there's no sense that he's going to do that. In fact, it said something to the effect that while they're friends uh, and close friends, um, they're not so joined at the hip. Was the term that Vinny used that Devontae Adams wants to walk away, but. If for some reason he doesn't like the plan moving forward, uh the Raiders uh would would be fine moving him. Now, people don't take that as an explosive revelation. That's anybody. If any player at any point doesn't want to be with the team anymore, of course the team now Devontae Adams has massive value. So if you're going if somebody's not happy and they don't want to be there because Derek Carr is gone or he doesn't like the new quarterback, then fine. The other thing is we're gonna talk about in the second segment, which is the Tom Brady situation. If I'm Devontae Adams and Tom Brady's coming, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. But but we'll talk about that here in a second. For the rest of this segment, I want to get to your point about the David Carr uh, interview on NFL Network, where he works. Uh, and I was highly critical of them and how he handles his covering of his brother. Not from a personal standpoint. Brothers defend brothers. Got no problem with that. I got a lot of people angry tweeting at me over that. Totally fine. But when you're in the professional realm... It's sort of like being a judge. If your son comes before you on on trial for drunk driving, you should recuse yourself. Okay? So I got no problem with David Carr being a spokesperson, but when you're in the media, I think there's a... Now, I understand people know it's his brother. It still bothers me just because I'm a purist when it comes to the media stuff. But anyway, I'm going to play the clip, Mo, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about what he said, because I agree with a lot of what he said, actually. Uh, in retrospect. So let's listen to that. Here's David Carr on the NFL Network about Derek Carr and his breakup with the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Derek Carr has, he's said for a long time that I'm only going to play for the Raiders. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Raiders or no one else. So that's loyalty. So he was fully invested. Six head coaches, Khalil Mack gets traded, Mari Cooper's shipped off, John Gruden gets fired mid-season. He's going through all this turmoil, right? He never called out a coach, never called out the organization, never called out The top brass in the organization never said anything. All he did was try to bring people in. He tried to bring in his best friend, which he was successful at, Devontae Adams. That trade was dead. The Packers and the Raiders weren't going to trade, right? Mm-hmm. They got on the phone and made it happen. So he's bringing people in the entire time. Is he appreciated for that? No. I sit on this desk, and I'm every year. Yeah. Yeah, I've talk about Derek. Oh, he's going to be replaced. Oh, someone's going to bring him in, right? They got to trade. They got to do this. They got to do that. All he did was go out and be the all-time leading passer in the history of the Raiders. So when I look at this, all right, it wasn't Derek that changed, right? It was the Raiders that changed. Yeah. So when I go forward with Derek, that conversation about him being retired or a Raider is no longer an option. He's playing football again, right? So he's reinvigorated. He's excited to go out. So the Raiders are going to seek a trade. They're going to bring trades, which Derek has a no trade clause, and they're going to listen. And he's going to look for teams that have a stable situation between their head coach and their ownership, right? Stable, right? He's also going to be looking for a team that is also looking for a quarterback that has a reputation for game-winning drives and fourth-quarter comebacks. I'm excited. Maybe he's the missing piece for someone. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for my brother's future. I'm a little upset, right? So that happens. happens. All right, big bro. I've been a little bit. i yeah. have been. A little bit? That's all. I like there's it. Special. This is what it's for. Well this, it's a safe space. It's a
1: safe okay, space. Uh, it's a safe space. <laughs> I guess journalistic enterprise as well. It is the NFL Network. It's their network, so I get it. But Mo, get your comments on that. I mean, there's there's like six things I want to talk about <laughs> with this one. But jump in. Tell me. I know you had one at the top of your mind.
2: I, I have two main things. Number one, and I spoke about this on the previous show. The reason I don't have a, a major problem with David Carr speaking on behalf of his brother is because it's above him. And I don't, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but I don't want to sound like yeah. a hypocrite because we all know we're in the media, right? So we know it ratings drive actions or segments. So if you have a popular segment that gets hits on Twitter or gets hits on Facebook or TikTok, networks like that. Mm-hmm. More eyes on their show, more eyes on their product. So David Carr is allowed to opine on his younger brother Derek because I assume that the NFL network wants this because look, we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. So people who watch our show are not gonna say, Well, I wanna hear what David had to say. Right. So that's more eyes on that segment. So they're probably they probably want this because that brings them viewers, that brings them rating, that brings them eyes, that gets people talking. Mm-hmm. That's what they mm-hmm. want. So that's sure. why I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and say, I don't like what's going on here because we're fueling that machine. We're, we're, we're getting people to watch that segment. What David Carr said. Now, the other thing that stuck out to me was he said the Devonte Adams trade was dead and Derek and Devonte were the ones that got that going. So I'm sure just when Wendy's listening to this and say, aha, see, this is why Dave Zucker doesn't deserve credit for bringing in Devonte Adams. Cause this was on Derek. And I, and like I said, I go back to saying, well, What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So they kept Derek, who knows? They 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 may have kept Derek to think, okay, well, we're going to get Devontae if, if, now they probably didn't know this, but now they're thinking in hindsight, well, we kept Derek long enough to get Devontae here. Mm-hmm. Get rid of Derek, Devontae may likely stay. So yeah. we got something out of keeping Derek Carr here. But I will say that it's interesting that David said this because it, it kind of lose to that, to, to the people. It gives people <coughs> who think that Devante is going to leave because Derek leaves some ammunition to say, well, Derek leaves, if he was able to recruit Devante on his own, when the trade talks were dead, how do we know that the next team that Derek goes to, he doesn't pick up the phone and say, Devante, you know, the team I went to, they have a first, second round pick. Come on down, you know. Yeah, kind of play hardball with the Raiders, and we can play together again elsewhere. So, yeah, pointing that well,
1: out. Yeah, no, and and I think those are those are both good points. Although I think on your first point, yeah, the, the 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 desire for ratings and all that stuff is one thing, but again, you're you're having you're it's his brother, and so you're getting one side of the story, uh, and and you're not getting the full picture. You're getting the reaction, but I get it. it it's it's the old adage. It goes back to early days of journalism, which is if it bleeds, it leads. And so so I get that piece mm-hmm. of it. But a couple of things that I want to key on. Number one was he talked about how the Raiders had changed, not Derek. And that's 100% correct. The Raiders changed their approach. They have a different person at GM than Derek Carr had when he got there. He's had several of them as he talked about the dysfunction, something I also 100% wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with with David Carr on, which is it's been a mess there. But I keep reminding people, Derek Carr agreed twice to stay in the mess. Now, did he assume it was going to be a mess every time, every year? No, but he knew, he knows Mark Davis. He's been in the organizations his entire career. So when they offered him the biggest contract any quarterback had ever had, he took the money. Then this time, after all the crap he's been through over the last three or four or five years, he took another extension. So, So let's put our big boy pants on and realize that, yes, the the organization changed and the dysfunction is absolutely correct, but you signed up for it, number one, or at least the chance for it based on history. Number two was this idea, and this is where I think, uh, and we're all human, we all get sensitive at times, so don't get me wrong, but this idea, well, he's not, nobody appreciates I have to talk every year about how he's not going to get traded and da, 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 da. Okay. It's a tough businessman. I mean, listen, there's lots of people who have to talk about their job every single year. I mean, in every sport. So, so I get that he feels betrayed by that, but it's a business first. If, if David Carr said something inappropriate on TV, which I'm not saying he would, do you think the NFL network would have any problem or loyalty to David Carr and not fire him? They would, they would. We see it every single day. Business comes first, uh, and so that piece of it to me is real interesting. He then talks about his performance. What I'm, what I guess, what I'm struck by, Mo, and I'll, I'll encapsulate this so I don't go into eighteen different things, is that he talks about Derek's performance, and I mean about loyalty and him sticking through all that stuff, and that he wanted to be a Raider, all true, and I and I believe he meant it. I really do. I don't think Derek Carr is a liar, but the performance he points out, fourth quarter comebacks, all these things. They did not transpire into the team winning. Not all his fault. Don't take me wrong. Don't misquote me. But I don't understand the court. That is where the brother, the protectiveness of family is overlooking the fact that your brother didn't get bounced because they're just disloyal jerks. He got bounced because they don't believe in him and he didn't perform as well this year. That's not brought up.
2: I agree with you. And I I will say, and I said this on Twitter on Wednesday, loyalty and objectivity don't go hand in hand. True. I I don't expect... When I I tune into NFL Network and I see or hear David Carr talk about his brother, I expect to get one side of the story. Correct. So when I tune into NFL Network and I hear Ian Rappaport or Mike Garofalo or Tom Pellicero, then I expect to get a balanced, fair picture of the story. So it all depends on know who you're listening to and know what you're getting. Yeah. And I use this analogy, Nick Wright is on Fox Sports, right? Shout out to Nick Wright. Um, you know, he went to Syracuse, has a successful career in the media. Mm-hmm. Nick Wright is clearly a Chiefs fan. That is there's <laughs> no doubt about that. When I he hear Nick Wright, yeah. right, when I hear Nick Wright break down NFL games and the Chiefs come up come up, I know he's going to be biased toward the Chiefs. Right. I know that, right? But right. he's not exercising the ultimate journalistic etiquette either. So what I'm saying is David Carr is one of many people in the media who may not... Okay, Nick Wright may not have family... But there are clear biases and slants all over the media. You see it all the time. These people yeah. in the media, like you and I, get on TV and they talk, and you know they're fans of the Jets. They're fans of the, of the Raiders. They're fans of the Chiefs. They're fans of the Eagles, whoever. The Cowboys. Michael Irvin is an analyst. We know he played for the Cowboys. But when he talks, we all know this where the slant is going. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. We know where the slant is. He's a Steelers fan. Yeah. I, I I can rattle off so many media personalities, and I can tell you what their fan affiliation is.
1: Which is so, so, so foreign to me, Mo, because that's not how it used to be. I know it's the new world. We just have to—it is what it is. I mean, the publications, the channels they work for, they all accept it as new journalistic uh, ethics. I don't, per se, but that's okay. I mean, that that's where <laughs> we're at. I'm not in control of the system. So I can be critical of those folks, and they yeah. probably don't care. But I th- I think in this case, and we'll end the conversation on this one unless you have anything else, which is I just think in this case that it, it that the way he's presenting it has gone to, for me, an unprofessional realm. And I mean unprofessional in that, you know, listen, I've heard – because somebody tweeted at me about uh, Nick Lombardi being on the Raiders and how how his dad, who we've had on the show many times – uh, talks about the Raiders all the time, but his dad is critical of the Raiders. Like his dad is critical of the offense, which his son quote unquote runs. That's the difference for me. It, it, now, again, you, you're defensive of your brother. Totally fine. He feels betrayed. He loyal, whatever. At the same time, look, you know, uh, did Derek play his best? No, he didn't play his best, but he's not going to say that. So I get it. Cause you know what your brother's saying that on TV. But right. I just think that that's why it's such a delicate situation. And I think nothing against David Carr, but I think that's why you don't have guys like that covering their own family or teams that they like you as a as an, as a, but back to your point about rating. So there you go. All right, well, we're going to, do you have anything <laughs> else I before have, we close I have, out? Yeah. I, have,
2: I have one other thing. Yes and this may be a
1: little long, so I'm sorry, but I have uh, to get
2: this out there. We're already at right? 28
1: minutes for the segment, I, but it's okay. I, it's I, a long I, one. I'm
2: so sorry, but I have to get this <laughs> off my chest. And and Carr fans and Carr supporters oh. going to be mad at me for saying this, but this whole thing that he's a victim, yeah. I, I think is blown out of proportion because we haven't heard directly from Derek Carr yet. We've heard from David Carr. We, we've heard from reporters. We've heard rumors, but we haven't heard directly from Derek, and we don't know how he feels. And my thing is, if the Raiders had have done Derek Carr so dirty, as some fans say, I, I don't see how Derek Carr would want to work with them on a trade. So my logic is if you know you're going to trade this guy, why are you going to treat him poorly? Right. So I think we'll, we'll see what happens if Derek Carr is willing to work with the Reds because he can mess up, he can blow up their trade plans completely and say, I'm not Absolutely. waving my no trade clause at right. all. Just right. cut me, and I can I can make a, enough money somewhere else. I don't have to make the same contract I'm making now, but I can make enough money. I just don't see why the team would do him filthy knowing they have to work with him at the, in the offseason to trade him. It just doesn't make sense to me, and, and this is why I don't think that Derek Carr feels like they've done him absolutely dirty. I think we're hearing from fans we're hearing from his brother we're hearing from everyone but him we don't know exactly how Derek Carr feels right now
1: but again the question that I've posed over and over and over to the fans of this show and fans uh, of Raider Nation who who feel that way and even some that I don't know that I just jumped in their conversations which I usually don't do on on social media was okay so how should they have done it how should they have said hey Derek you're benched um and, and I jokingly, sometimes smart-ass-like, say, well, what do you want them to do, throw a parade for a guy they benched? Like, I, no one's given me an answer except for they should have let him play the final two games. Okay, that's one answer. But they benched him. If you bench somebody, how do you treat it from that point on? Well, they more than benched him, they were going to get rid of him. Okay, they're getting rid of him. Yes, they are. So so how do you handle that with more respect? Again, well, people, all oh, fans from, and I get it from a fan standpoint. Let him play his tie games. Let him do a, a, a ring around the stadium and wave at people like you do when you retire. But that's not what happens. Look at what happened with Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Look what happened with Eli Manning in New York. Okay, th- that's not how. Now Eli Manning retired eventually, and we and he got celebrated. But when he first got benched, there was no like. Okay, yeah, we're gonna have a parade for you. Thank you, so thank you, thank you, Eli, for everything. No, there was none of that. There's a time for that, and for Derek Carr, one day when the feelings subside, he should come back. He should light the torch. They should honor him. No question. He was a loyal Raider. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And Derek Carr should always be that. I just think the the shock of it is just overwhelming people emotionally. They're not thinking.
2: And, and one more thing, and now shut up, I promise yeah. on this segment. But I, and you you pointed <laughs> it out. I think. And I watched Eli Manning kind of get chewed to the side when, he, yeah. you know, when he was over the hill, so to speak. And I think, as you said, there will be a time where they will honor him. It's just not right now. I, obviously, I think once all is said and done, his career is over. He's going to get showered with, with so much gratitude and respect. It's just not going to happen now because the feelings are still raw.
1: Well, not only that, but and, and maybe the Eli Manning thing at the end of it's a little different because Derek Carr is not going to retire. Derek Carr's got years left. If he wants to go play, uh-huh. which David said he does, uh-huh. he's got years to play. So you don't celebrate. I mean, Ken Stabler got traded. Al Davis traded him. OK, to the Saints. They didn't have a parade for him either. They celebrated him afterwards. So so I think it's the same type of thing. Ken Stabler wasn't done. He wanted to play. So they traded him. OK, so I, I think that there's going to be time for healing. The timing is not now because this team is focused on the future. All right. And we're going to focus on the future in the next <laughs> segment. In fact, part of Vinny's article, part of all the news cycle this week has been. Yes. Again, rumors, Tom Brady to the Raiders, Josh McDaniel, All If you listen to Mo enough, you know he's been talking about a guy that would fit the McDaniels system. Who's run the McDaniels system better than to? TB12. uh, Nobody. So we're going to talk about that and why the case for Tom Brady might be the best one. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up after the break. You're listening to Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere.